Thank you so much, ladies. We're so blessed, aren't we, to have so much talent and uh, so many that can play instruments and sing. What a blessing. Mark chapter 8 in your Bibles this morning, please. Mark chapter 8. I can't promise you'll get out as early today as you did last Sunday. I was afraid for my job when I heard how early you got out last week. Afraid you might want to call Ben as your pastor. And maybe the youth is your music minister. You get out early. We're glad to be home, glad that you're here today. The old evangelist Vance Havner, well known for so many sayings, he once said, too many churches start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. Maybe you didn't catch that. Too many churches start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. And I'm afraid he's right. Have we lost the wonder of it all? Is our Christianity, is it dynamic? Is it vibrant? Or is it dull and flat? Are we just going through the motions today? Are we just mumbling and stumbling along on a joyless, faithless journey that ends in glory? Well, brethren, these things ought not to be, if that is the case. Something's wrong with that kind of Christian living that is dull and flat and joyless and faithless. Something else old Vance Habner said comes to mind. Very convicting, he said, most church members live so far below the standard, you'd have to backslide in order to be in fellowship with them. Now think about that. How sad. Now what about you today, friend? Let's be honest today. What is your spiritual temperature this morning? Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you merely lukewarm? When it comes to your Christian life, would you honestly say my Christian life is dynamic? Or would you say, honestly, it is dull? I hope it's dynamic. I hope it's vibrant. But to be honest, if your life, your Christian life, is dull and lifeless and anemic, if you're spiritually sluggish today, I hope you'll be challenged as I was challenged as we come to Mark chapter 8. This past week in my devotional time, uh, this is one of the passages that came up. Mark chapter 8. And it's the account of Jesus feeding the 4,000. And uh, if you have that passage in Mark chapter 8, we'll read there in just a moment. You know, many people, I think, know that Jesus fed 5,000. That story is much more well-known, it seems, than the story of Him feeding the 4,000. You read about the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark chapter 6, and then you come to Mark chapter 8, He's feeding 4,000. Now, why both accounts? We know the Bible's inspired. Every word is, is inspired. It's the very Word of God. Uh, God doesn't waste any words, so it's an important account. And it's something we, we dare not just kind of glance over or skip and say, well, I already read about the feeding of the 5,000, so I'll skip over the feeding of the 4,000. No, 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 no. Let's stop for a few moments today and look at the feeding of the 4,000 and learn some things I hope that will challenge us and help us. We'll begin reading there at verse 1. If you'll follow along as I read Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. In those days, the multitude being very great... And having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from afar. 
Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. Immediately got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanatha. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Verse 14 says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? Now, just as a doctor might question you concerning your condition to ascertain exactly what's going on in your life and what's going on in your body and how to heal you, I'd like for us to take this passage that we just read today and ask some questions to help us ascertain our spiritual condition. We're going to consider our spiritual condition. And I want to ask you to honestly answer them today. Not out loud, but there in your own heart, in your own mind, answer these questions. Now, before we get to the questions, I must tell you, this message is aimed squarely at those of us who know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They're aimed at us today. Now, if that's not you, I have a message for you today. It's the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you need is not reform or religion. You need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, that relationship can begin today as you turn from your sin and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As you receive Him as Lord and Savior. You see, until that's settled, nothing else matters. Until that's settled, nothing else matters. You must be born again. And so I invite you to Christ today. I invite you to eternal life in Christ, to receive Him. And as you do, to receive forgiveness of your sin, eternal life, a home in heaven, peace, joy, all those wonderful blessings as you receive Christ. If you've never met Him, I invite you to meet Christ today. Come to Jesus today. Now, for those of us who have that settled, and we know that we're born again, no doubt about it, 
And we know that we're on our way to heaven. No doubt about it. We know that if we were to die this very instant, if we took our last breath and we would close our eyes in death here, we'd open our eyes in heaven. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Are you ready to be diagnosed? Are you ready to consider these questions? Just like as a doctor sometimes will poke around, are you ready to let yourself know and God know when it hurts when you're poked in that area? Five questions came to mind that I was challenged in as I studied this passage. Are you ready? Number one, ask yourself this question. How much do I hunger for the word of God? How much do I hunger for the word of God? Look back at the passage, would you? Beginning at verse one again. It says, in those days, the multitude being very great, big crowd of folks and having nothing to eat. Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they continued with me. Watch this three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way for some of them have come from afar. Now, Jesus's heart went out to these people. Why? Because they were without food. Whatever they had brought along with them originally was now used up. All that was present among them, it appears, was these seven loaves and a few small fish. That's not much for a large crowd of folks. That wouldn't feed this crowd of folks. Now, now we find here that it says there were 4,000. But Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew says there were 4,000 men. So that 4,000 doesn't count the women and the children. Very easily could have been 12,000 people, even more. But look again at what he says in verse 2. They've now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. In fact, it says many of them have, have traveled a great distance. And I'm afraid if we send them away, if we send them home, they're going to literally faint because of having no food. And did it dawn on you as you read that? Just how much these people treasured the words of Jesus Christ. So much so, they chose Him over food. Not just for one day, or two days, but for three days. They're there. They have nothing to eat now. Whatever they brought along is gone. And yet they choose Him over food. They contented themselves to feast upon the bread of life. They were hungry for the Word of God, the Messiah, the Savior. Now, what about us? Are we hungry for the Word of God? Look at your Bible today. I hope you brought one along. Look at your Bible. That is the very Word of God. We have it in our language. In fact, we have multiple translations of it. Here it is. It's freely available. You don't have a Bible. If you can't get a Bible, we can get you a Bible. You know, we had the Gideons here the other week, and their ministry is giving out Bibles. We'll give out Bibles. We have Bibles. If you need a Bible, let us know. We have the Bible here. It's in our language. It's freely available. It's here. It's prepared as a feast set before us. But let's be honest, what's our attitude toward it? What's our attitude? Most just kind of pass on by. I'm not interested. Some have the attitude, well, I can take or leave it. But a few see it for what it is. It's bread, it's, it's milk, it's meat, it's honey for the spiritual man. Are we hungry for the Word of God? Could it be that so many of us have filled ourselves with so much junk food from the world that we have no hunger 
for the Word of God. We have no hunger for spiritual food. Are we hungry today? Ask yourself, am I hungry? And how much do I hunger for? The Word of God. But there's a second question here. And that question is this, how forgetful am I of past blessings? How forgetful am I of past blessings? Look back at the passage again, this time at verse 4. Then his disciples answered him, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Now, wait a minute. Are these disciples forgetting something? Aren't they the same ones that watched and participated as Jesus fed the 5,000 men? So possibly 15,000 people or more with five loaves and what was it? Two fish. Were these the same disciples? And then, didn't we just read about the fact that He fed upwards of 12,000 or more people with seven loaves and a few small fish? And yet, here they are. And what does He say here? Well, actually, He hadn't fed them yet, had He? Here we are. It says, how many loaves do you have later? It says here, how can we feed these people? They've forgotten who they're talking to. They've forgotten uh, here who they're with. They're with the bread of life. They have the Lord standing before them. The Savior, the Master Chef, who can take these ingredients and can make a lavish and plentiful feast. Am I forgetful of past blessings? Now here's the question. Before we do hard on disciples, aren't we just like them at times? I mean, God works in our lives and blesses us and we're grateful and thankful and we move on with life and something else comes up. We get in a jam, we get in a fix, we get in a mess. We start to worry and fret instead of trusting and praying. We forget the way the Lord worked in the past. We forget how many times God has seen us us through. We forget how many times... God has been faithful to us. We forget the feast of yesterday and and we begin to focus on the famine today and we get our eyes on the famine and we forget that we serve the Lord of glory. We serve the one who can meet every need. How forgetful are you of past blessings? A third question. So I studied this was this question. Do I live by faith or by sight? Do I live by faith or by sight? Now, to get our chronology right here, we're after the miracle. All are fed in full. I got ahead of myself there a moment ago. They leave and they bump into the Pharisees. Now look down at verse 11. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him, It says the Lord sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. Now, the Pharisees are not believers. They're not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they can learn a lesson from them. They wanted yet another sign. They wanted further proof of who Jesus is. Now, they already rejected everything he's already done. I mean, look at all that he's done in his ministry. They reject that. They want a sign from heaven. In fact, it's interesting. It says the Lord Jesus sighed. 
Listen to what Matthew tells us that he said. Matthew's account is found in Matthew 16. It says, Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him, asked what he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites! You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now what about us? Are we seeking for a sign? Are we walking by faith? Are we walking by sight? Are we content to trust and obey? Whether we see anything happening or not. Now, sometimes that's the way it is, isn't it? We find ourselves in a jam, in a fix, in a mess. The bill is coming due. The doctor's report's coming due. Whatever it is. And we begin to look around. We want to see something instead of simply trusting and obeying. We're walking by sight. Or maybe the bad report comes. We thought there's going to be healing. We thought there's going to be provision for that or whatever. Yet we don't understand, we forget that God doesn't always work all things out according to the way we want them. But He works all things out for good, for our good and for His glory. Are we walking by faith rather than by sight? A fourth question. Are my thoughts, Christian, are my thoughts, ask yourself this, are my thoughts centered on the physical or the spiritual? Are my thoughts centered on the physical or the spiritual? Look again at what happens next. Verse 13. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Look at verse 14. The disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reason among themselves saying, It is because we have no bread. Do you ever wonder about these disciples? Not only about you, but Jesus selected these men. Do you realize that? Of all the people He could have chosen, He chose them. Not only about you, but that encourages me. Because if God can use them, He can use me, praise the Lord. And God doesn't look for the brightest and the greatest. He just looks out and says, I'll have him, I'll have her. And he works with us and works in us and molds us and changes us. Praise the Lord. But sometimes you read this and you wonder about these men. Now Jesus warns them about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They hear leaven. By the way, leaven's like yeast that you put in as you're baking. And, And they hear leaven, they hear yeast, and they start thinking about bread. Now, some of you right now, instead of thinking about the Word of God, you're thinking about bread. You're thinking about hot, buttery rolls. <laughs> steaming. With good stuff on them. Now, now, come back here. Our minds so easily gravitate and center on the physical rather than the spiritual. These disciples miss the point entirely. Jesus warns them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of, 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 of Herod. What did he mean by that? The Bible scholar Ralph Earl says the former probably referred to the uh, hypocrisy and pride and, and the legalistic spirit. That is the pharisaical spirit of hypocrisy and pride and, and legalism. 
And the leaven of Herod probably meant the idea of worldliness and the desire for power and political power. So you get the picture. Jesus is saying to the disciples here, be careful, beware of pride, beware of hypocrisy, uh, beware of legalism, beware of worldliness, beware of all these things. And they're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, Jesus is upset, we forgot the biscuits. Now think about that. that. That's really what they're thinking. Oh, how we need the mind of Christ. Are your thoughts mainly upon the physical, the here, the now, buttery biscuits and, 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 and all these things? Or is it upon the spiritual? Are my thoughts centered on the physical or the spiritual? It brings us to our fifth question. And that's this. Do I really get it? Do I really get it? See, Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he responds with a series of questions. I counted nine of them here in our English uh, version of the Bible. Look at the questions he gives them, beginning at verse 17. They just said, it's because we have no bread. We forgot the biscuits. Now look at verse 17. Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? See, these disciples, they didn't get it. Get what, preacher? Get that Jesus is enough. He's enough. And as I look at this, I ask myself, do I get it? Do I really understand that Jesus Christ is enough? Do I understand that Jesus is the answer? These guys didn't get it. They're concerned because there they are in the boat, the small group of people, and they only brought about a loaf of bread. And they're concerned. They think Jesus is upset because we only brought one loaf. Here's the same man that fed 15,000 possibly there, and then 12,000 with such small and meager resources, and they're concerned about one loaf of bread and not being able to eat. These guys didn't get it. As old William McDonald said, didn't they realize that the creator and sustainer of the universe was in the boat with them? Jesus isn't worried about bread in this sense. He can multiply and give. He can create it of nothing. He created bread in the first thing. See, they're worried about having enough bread and they forgot who they were speaking to. Now, what about us? What about us? Do you get it? Do you really get it? That we serve the Lord of glory, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, the one who gave us life, who keeps us functioning and living this very moment, and and we're worried, we're fretful. Don't answer out loud, but what are you worried about today? Be honest with yourself. What cares and concerns do you have? What are you anxious over today? What are you fretting over? 
What's got your mind and your heart and your life occupied where you can't think about anything that the Lord's done or anything the Lord is doing or anything about the Lord because you're so focused upon that. Rather than the glorious feast of the Lord, you're in famine mode and you're thinking about all that you don't have. What is it today you're anxious over? Here's what my Bible tells me in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's just be honest about it. Oftentimes, we just don't get it. We forget that Jesus is enough. We forget that our God is who He really is. And that's why, listen, that's why our faith is dull rather than dynamic. What do we need today? We need an awakening. We need a revival. We need to repent of our sin of unbelief and live spirit-filled, faith-filled lives for the glory of God. We need to cry out, Father, forgive me for forgetting who You are. And who I serve. And who my Savior is. Forgive me for being so captivated by the things here that I forget about you. That you are enough. You are sufficient. Now Christian, what about you today? How did you fare during the examination today? How did you respond to the questions? As each one was asked, as you were poked in these various areas, did any pain well up inside of you? Perhaps today as we close out the service and we have our invitation, perhaps you need to come and you need to kneel at this old altar and say, Lord, forgive me that my Christian life has grown dull and flat and lifeless and joyless. And faithless. Forgive me for my sin of unbelief. And, 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 and Father, awaken me. Refresh me. Revive me. Remind me of just how great you are. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Ask for His help. Ask for His assistance. Ask for the Holy Spirit to fill and control you. I wonder today, are you dynamic? Or are you dull when it comes to your Christian life? Perhaps today you need to come and say, Father, forgive me, cleanse me, awake me, refresh me. May my life truly bring honor and glory to you as I trust you and live for you in all things. Father, I want to thank you for challenging me personally through this passage of Scripture. And now as we've looked at it as a congregation, I pray that in these final few moments together, that you would work in hearts and lives. Father, I pray for those who may be here today who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray that you would help them to have the courage to step out and come and Meet me here at this altar and allow me to put them as someone who will share Christ with them and lead them to saving knowledge of Him. And now for my brothers and sisters in Christ, as we've taken this exam together, as we've looked at these five questions, Father, 
I pray that you would help each one as you've worked in their lives to be submissive and responsive to your Holy Spirit. To not allow pride or anything else to keep them from coming and kneeling and giving those concerns, those cares to you. Pray that you would help us to be open to your working at all times in our life. Father, help us to get it. We're so dense and and so dumb at times. Open our eyes and help us to realize how great you are and how glorious our Savior is. Work in this invitation time now, I pray, in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. The altar is open today. We invite you to come if you need to be saved. Just invite you to come. I'll be down there at the front and just come and say, Preacher, I want to know Jesus and I'll put you with someone who loves Jesus and loves you. They'll take you to the side and share Christ with you. But I think there should be a lot of Christians perhaps today that God's speaking to their hearts. Today's the day to respond. Come today and give those burdens to the Lord. As we come, ladies, if you'll come, 502, open my eyes that I may see. Glimpses of truth thou hast for me, 502. As we begin singing, the altar is open. You come today. 502, we're going to stand and sing. You come today, you need to be saved. You're already saved. You need to come and pray and give some burdens to the Lord. Come today. You come and sing, 502.